Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, back to kickoff with Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. Okay, as promised, we can uh, start talking playoffs now. So a quick recap before we get to the picks. Uh, a 10-5 and five master class by me in the finale. I am 135 and 110. Boomer treaded water, no big deal, 126-119, both quality. We survived. Now we get to the tough stuff. We get to the playoffs. Let's get to the picks of the week. All right, Booms, we're going to go in order. We're going to kick off Super Wild Card Weekend, 415 on Saturday afternoon. The Niners lay in nine and a half to the Seahawks. So we're going to start out. What's the biggest question mark for the Niners in the matchup? Well, for me, it would be the rookie quarterback, Brock Purdy, especially if this game is going to be in a driving rainstorm, which is what the forecast is. So think about the 49ers playing the Chicago Bears in week one this past season. And just think about that quagmire. That was and a they, real work of art. That's exactly right. The Bears won that game. So that that is like the, the one thing that I don't know about. Nobody knows about Brock Purdy. He'll right. be nervous, of course, and he should be. He's been brilliant in his five starts. He's been undefeated. He is a high... Uh, high completion percentage. And somebody asked me on my radio program this week in New York, who does it remind you of when you watch him throw the ball? And I just threw it out there. He reminds me of the way he throws, the way that Joe Montana threw. A very catchable ball, a very uh, accurate ball, and has a really nice touch on it. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of guys are making catches for him. And he's fallen in love with my man George Kittle. George Kittle, nine catches, 85 yep. yards, two touchdowns. 49ers win. Yes. Oh. Seattle's biggest question, and it kind of plays in what you were talking about, I just think it's how do they hold up at the line of scrimmage? They are completely outclassed both fronts. They are. And, you know, the pass rush can be slowed down by the weather conditions and the field condition. Uh, I will say this, that Geno Smith has had a renaissance year. And if I were the Seattle Seahawks, I'd give him a three-year, $90 million extension. 
and let him be the quarterback for the next three years and maybe draft somebody in this draft, if not next year's draft. So uh, they've kind of found lightning in a bottle. they got two big stud wide receivers. It's going to be uh, a very difficult sled for them, a sledding for them. They do not score a lot of points against the 49ers. These no. games have been tight, though, in to the point where in the third quarter, you know, it could have gone either way, and then all of a sudden the 49ers start pulling away because of their defense. So I do believe that this game is going to be tight in the fourth quarter. The weather's going to have an issue, and I'm going to I'm going to take the Seahawks and the points. Okay. Um, look, I think if it's going to be this level of weather, if you like the under in this game, which is 42-and-a-half, I think you got to like Seattle. And, look, I'm with you. This this could be just the Niners' business trip, grind it down, keep it safe. We don't want to expose Purdy. I'll take the nine and a half as well. Um, the just second the other thing, you know, the Seahawks force a lot of fumbles. One of the one of the leaders in forced fumbles this year was yeah. the Seahawks defense. Yeah, Reminds you of the old Bears with Peanut Tillman. They're constantly just punching at the ball, exactly, ripping at the ball. Exactly. So that's that's one thing that you worry about. In a situation like this. All right. The Saturday night game happens to be my personal favorite. You get the Chargers laying two and a half at Jacksonville. It's Herbert. It's Lawrence. The Jags' biggest question is. The Jags' biggest question for me is can they keep the Chargers from making the big plays that they consistently make on offense? Um, I don't necessarily know that there's a player in this league, and this is including Patrick Mahomes, that physically throws the ball as well as Justin Herbert does. He spins it better than anybody I've ever seen in my life. I mean, that's ever. the yes, the way he throws the ball is just it's effortless, and I mean, it comes out like it's it's a it's a howitzer. And you know, he's a generational talent who's just finding his way in the NFL. And this is his first foray. He's got to go up against another great quarterback who's finding his way as well. But I think this is going to be the highest scoring game of the weekend. Uh, Combined both teams, and I do like the Chargers here. Ooh, and I do like Justin Herbert here. See, for me, from the question standpoint, like the Chargers don't stop the run. You saw what happened to Jacksonville when the running game got taken away last week by Tennessee. It looks a lot different. If the Chargers can't stop the run, and here's the other part: I know William Mike Williams will play, but he is questionable. I know the back spasms carted off, didn't practice this week. I just, to me. I think enough of Trevor Lawrence Boomer, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. I feel like he can go toe-to-toe with Herbert. And if the Jags can run the ball, it unlocks a whole different deal to their offense. Well, I, that, well that's been their strength. I mean, there's no question about yeah. that. That's one of the reasons why I think Trevor Lawrence has become so good. I'm He's also into running it. with the ball, too. I'm going to walk into it. That's I, fine. i, I got to take the Jags here. Do you agree with me? Highest scoring game of the weekend? <sighs> Combined scores? Yeah, probably. Especially if Williams plays. Williams has really help that offense. I'm with you, though. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's two. These are two quarterbacks that, outside of Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, I think they could be parked right in that 4-5 spot for the next decade. They're just, they're that good. And remember, in the NFC, there's only one first-round draft pick quarterback that is playing in the NFC playoffs. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. On the AFC side, the oldest quarterback is Patrick Mahomes at the age of 27. And you have five wow. first-round picks when wow. you think about the top five quarterbacks in the AFC that are playing in this draft. The top five could the, be the top five in the league, that's to exactly. be quite honest. Well, they are. Okay. I think they, I think they are. They, I, you, can, you can rank them any way you want, and I know we will later on in the show. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty special when you talk about the quarterback 
position on the AFC side of the ledger. All right, let's go Bills-Dolphins now. The latest is Bridgewater's going to prepare to play, but they're preparing to start Skylar Thompson. Uh, Bills laying 13 and a half. What is the Bills' biggest question mark into the game? For me, it's whether or not Josh Allen throws the red zone interceptions. It's got to stop. Right. So he's had some of these mind-numbing decisions. Uh, I think sometimes he gets bored. Um, this game is a game that they should come out and just absolutely drill the Dolphins. It shouldn't even be close. Skylar Thompson against the Jets last week was just absolutely awful. It's not his fault. He's just in way over his head. Right. Now, he does have Tyree Kill, and they do have Jalen Waddell, and they do have enough enough on offense you know, to make some plays here or there, but consistently go out there and convert third down, I just don't see it. Can they copy what they did just a couple weeks ago when they went to Buffalo? I know they had Tua, but they ran the football. They pounded the rock, and the Bills couldn't stop it. That's exactly the only way I think they can win. I think they have to win on special teams with a score, a block, something of that nature. They would have to probably score a defensive touchdown in this game. And they would have to run for 250 yards and possess the ball for about 38 minutes. Right now, from a that's that's right. I could write that down on paper and say this is what we're going to try to do. Sure. Now look, the Bills win if they don't play like zombies, and the Dolphins win if like the Virgin Mary descends from the sky to play quarterback. But <laughs> what do you want to do with 13 and a half points? You know, I want I want to lay the 13 and a half points, and I want to take the Bills. I see this as like a 34-13 type game. There could be I I don't even see a backdoor cover here by the Dolphins on offense, whether it's Teddy Bridgewater or if it's Skylar Thompson. I just don't see that happening in this mm. game. And by the way, there could be a special guest that will be at this game, and his name is DeMar Hamlin. He knows people. So if he shows up to this game, I can't even imagine what that is going to be like for his teammates and for the fans. Now, last week, I think you saw the emotion in the first half, and it kind of dwindled a little bit. But if this young man shows up for his teammates and the fans see him there, I think it's going to be an amazing moment. This violates my personal constitution laying 13 points, but I, I'm with you in that I cannot carve out a scenario for the Dolphins. And when an underdog does not have a pathway, I, I yes, you're going to have to sweat if you play it, and it's 31-14 late. Yeah, you're going to have to sweat. I can't change it. 28 but. degrees to 32 degrees and sunny. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, you win. Bills, uh, let's go Sunday, 4-15. The sauce is on the stove. The meatballs are made. Vikings laying three, hosting the G-Men. Yeah, we talked a lot about this this week in New York. You know, my, my partner is a Vikings fan, and for 
basically four days and three and a half hours, he was just lamenting the fact that they were playing the Giants. It's a 6-3 matchup. The 6 usually beats the 3 in this matchup. It's kind of like the 5-12 matchup yes. in, in the March Madness. So uh, he was just laying it on thick. And then all week long, I just had to hear about it, how the Giants were going to go in there and beat them, and they're going to run the ball. The defense is going to get the turnovers and everything else. And I'm just sitting here laughing the whole time, and I'm thinking, you know what? The Vikings are really tough to beat at home. And well, they... you know what you know what Gio was doing? That was performative. Oh, yeah. Yeah, performance, reaction, or acting, whatever. I got you. There's a lot of that going around here in I New York you. lately, All especially right. in the radio business. Take but it I, easy. Right, I would say that I do like the Vikings. I really yeah. do. And I think that they have the better athletes. They have a quarterback who's had another great year. He's a little bit different and on the road than he is at home. Um, and I just think that they – have enough offense to be able to cover the number and beat the Giants 27-23. And that, and that 23 points is an ode to Brian Dable and his coaching staff. Yeah, it is. Here, Okay, here's let, – let's unwind the yarn ball because I know what people are going to say. But, Mike, you said the Giants would beat the Vikings three weeks ago if they played. I did. I think it's easy to say it when it's this distant thing and if they get in and you're on the heels of what the Giants did Christmas Eve. I happen to agree with Boomer on this, is that we've all gotten comfortable with this idea of the Giants just waltzing to Minnesota and beating this team. And now that it's here and you look at it and you go, you know what? I actually don't think this is going to happen because the Giants, this is what happens to Cinderella. I'm not comping it to the national title game of college football. But when you've skated and you've you've overachieved all year and you've gotten to a place, generally... The clock hits midnight and your Uber's arrived and you get stuffed into a body bag and it's over. I'm terrified that the Giants are this public darling this week and reality, you know, rent's due. Yeah. So I'm kind of with you on this and I hope I'm wrong. I mean, the food's going to be good Sunday, but like, I'm kind of worried. So yes, I, I think I'm going to take the Vikings and lay the three. All right, so let me ask you this. Who do you uh, give the advantage to when it comes to coaching in this game? You got to give it to the Giants. I mean, you yeah. got to give it to, based on Martindale alone. Oh well, Mike Kafka and Brian Dable. Look what they've done with Daniel Jones. So Daniel Jones went from having, I think, like twenty-four, or twenty-three turnovers his rookie year to this year only three fumbles, yeah, and five interceptions. Oh, it's it's that, been that's an incredible year from that standpoint. Now he hasn't generated a lot of points and a lot of touchdown passes. But he runs with the ball, and he's added to the fourth overall rushing offense yeah. in football. And, and honestly, I just really want to thank Kenny Galladay for his participation, or not. So here's my one thing. The Giants, as good as they've been defensively, tightening up in the red zone. You can run it on them. You know Minnesota can lean on that. And look, Dexter Lawrence got some rest. Leonard Williams got some rest. They're getting – stop me if you've heard this before. Yes. They're getting a Dory Jackson back this week. You know what? You know what scared me? Xavier McKinney opening his mouth. Yeah. Well, I, that, why? <laughs> why is right? Do not poke the bear. Yeah. Stop. Uh, but I, I'm going to take the Vikes, lay the three, and hope I'm wrong. Maybe I'm emotionally hedging. Let's get to the last game here. Bengals laying eight and a half to the Ravens. Here's your quarterback update. Lamar ain't playing. Uh, Huntley hadn't thrown yet this week. You're looking at the Anthony Brown experience, possibly. Uh, these two teams played last week. Boomer, what it, the biggest question to me for the Bengals, O-line health, 
and red zone. I didn't like the way they played last week yeah. offensively. Yeah, they were a little flat offensively last week. And, you know, everybody thought that was going to be a blowout. But these two teams know each other. Harbaugh's a great coach. He's got everybody, you know, on edge in that building. And, you know, they just gave Roquan Smith that new big contract. I personally think that, you know, without Lamar, I could, you know, Harbaugh is going to be up there. It's us against everybody. Nobody thinks we can win. I right. can just see it from oh, yeah. a, psych- a psychological standpoint. And they're a rough team to play against. They're a pain in the ass to play against. And that right side of that offensive line, I think Adinajay is actually better than Collins, believe it or not. And it really? looks like, yes, I'm telling you, he's a natural tackle. Last year they had him playing guard. And, I, you know, quite frankly, at the beginning of the Buffalo game, that Monday night game, they got canceled. I thought their offensive line was playing great. Now they lose Max Kappa, Alex Kappa, excuse me. That's a big loss for yeah. them. There's no question about it. But Joe Burrow's just too good, man. They cannot stop the Bengals. I think the Ravens stay within the number, but the oh. Bengals will win the game. Damn. I just, the problem for me is the Ravens went out last week and had to do this with Anthony Brown. Now they got to come back and just, do just it. Just so you know, they sat, sat six starters in that game against the Bengals. That John Harbaugh was not trying to win. Like he wanted to win the game, of course, but he knew that if he had to sit his starters and bring them back the next week, it would be a different set of circumstances. He was playing for this week, yeah. by the way. Well, and here's the other thing. It is the third time they're going to face each other. It's real hard to cover a number a third time. And the Bengals, all they do is cover. Good teams win. Great teams cover. You're talking me into the right. I don't want you to talk. I don't want you to be I'm talking. I'm going with the Bengals. Right, I'm good. going with the Bengals because I'm rooting for them to go to the Super Bowl, okay? All I right. admit it. People don't trust what I'm saying. You just just leave this one alone. <laughs> this is pesticide. Yes. Leave it alone. But I'm taking the Bengals. I, I hope they bomb the Ravens. I hate them. All right. Best of the best is coming up. We got QB power rankings coming up. You don't got to go anywhere. This is a buffet of football. It is kickoff with Boomer and Valenny.